The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls. For more breakdowns on the Pelicans, including interviews with coaches, journalists, and opposing experts, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. What's up, Pels fans? Welcome to the Bird Calls. I'm your host, Preston Ellis. Today, we are talking with the BirdRight.com's editor-in-chief, the man who asks AD all the important brow questions, Mr. Ali Cosell. Good morning, sir. Hey, Preston. How are you doing? But you know what? He, he deflected it. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this is all just a little scheme. And uh, let's look forward to that Red Bull commercial or little video clip in the next day or so. <laughs> You know what? I'll take it, though. Any chance I get to see personality from these guys, I'm 100% on board. I hear you, buddy. Yeah, I hear you. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time. But the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Yeah, but still, it's nice to see AD, you're right, smiling and being a joking matter. Because let's face it, it's playoff time. Seven games left and the Pelicans can finish anywhere from like fourth to out of the playoffs. Yeah, and it's a good indicator that his ankle's probably feeling all right, because if he's cutting it up with the rest of the guys, he's he's probably in good spirits, and he's probably going to play and play well tonight. And to help us talk about tonight's contest with the Cavs, we have with us Fear the Swords news editor, Mr. Carter Rodriguez. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Of course. Uh, I might be a little groggy. Just got, got up after working a late night last night, so uh, if I just sort of trail off, just assume I fall back to sleep. I think I got it. You crazy millennials in your late nights. I wouldn't expect anything less, Mr. Rodriguez. He is also co-host to Chase Down Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Is that right? How long you guys been doing that? Uh, I just hit our one-year anniversary. Uh, so uh, I do that with Justin Rowan, who is uh, my hilarious and insightful um, co-host on that sucker. And uh, we have a great time. So please listen to the Chase Down Pod. Very cool. You can follow him at Carter underscore Shade. And, of course, Ali, if you can spell his name, it's at Ali Cosell. Easy enough. What did your handle used to be again, Ali? I remember you just changed it. Yeah, it was the Red Hopeful, you know, for the Cincinnati Reds. A long <laughs> time ago, I was a baseball avid fan. 
Well, this is much easier to remember. Let's get started right now with the injury report. This is uh, probably the most important storyline heading into this one, just because the Cavs have been so good with Kevin Love this season. They've been 9-8 and eight without him. Uh, and in addition to that, Kyle Korver is also on the injury report with a personal designation. Carter, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So um, uh, Kevin Love is uh, listed as questionable. He's been going through the concussion protocol. Uh, he missed their last game against the uh, Hornets. Uh, and then Kyle Korver still not with the team. Unfortunately, his brother passed away, uh, who is only 27. Um, so they, they've been uh, kind of giving him, uh, I think, as much time as he needs to kind of work through that. Uh, obviously, horrible tragedy, but yeah, it'll, it'll, uh, I do not expect Kyle Corker to be back tonight. And it would seem a little surprising that Kevin Love uh, came back this quickly from uh, after being placed in concussion protocol. Uh, they he missed uh, the Hornets game two days ago, got the concussion three days ago. Seems like a bit of a quick turnaround, but also if he's fine, they also have to balance that with the fact that he hasn't played any basketball with anybody else on the team very much because of how crazy their roster turnover has been. So who knows? Um, but as of now, he's listed as questionable. And in Kyle Korver's place, there's expected a higher workload for Rodney Hood, who started the other night against the Hornets. J.R. Smith was coming off the bench. More workload for Jordan Clarkson. And if Kevin Love can't go, those minutes will likely go to Larry Nance, Tristan Thompson, and Jeff Green. Jeff Green, who actually uh, got a start the other night in a wild turn of events. I don't know if you saw this, Carter. I remember that that whole uh, debate that the, the Cavaliers were having in their locker room about Kevin Love not being very tough whenever he had some kind of flu-like symptoms six or, or, or several months ago. And then when he broke his hand, it looked as if he went and showed the Cavs bench that he had, in fact, broke his hand. And I was watching the highlights of the Heat versus Cavs the other night when he broke his tooth. And it looked like once again, he came back to the bench and showed them his dislodged tooth. Did you catch that? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, but I mean, I, I wouldn't read too much into that because you do that when you're hurt anyway, right? But uh, hey, guys, check this this out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, and in fairness, the two guys who led the meeting uh, calling him out are no longer with the team. So uh, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Love's place uh, on the roster um, and him needing to prove that he's tough. I think uh, the team's been plenty supportive of him, uh, especially given his uh, Players' Tribune post on his uh, anxiety attacks he's had. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that one. Oh, fair enough. Just poking some fun at you. Ali, Rajan Rondo is still questionable with that wrist injury. The Pelicans are 0-3 in the past two weeks without him. And I think there's something like 7-10. and uh, I did the statistics right before this without him for the entire season, 36-22 without him. Do you think he'll go tonight? And how important do you think it is to have him out there? Yeah, it's a toss-up. Um, I want to say, though, that I feel like last time we did talk to him, which was like three, three or four days ago, it did seem like there was a good chance that he might be able to return for tonight. But again, yesterday we didn't even see him in practice, so we weren't sure if he was even wearing his uh, wrist brace, um, if he even practiced. You know, nobody really talked about it. It was more like Anthony Davis was there shooting around with Ian Clark, and on the other end we were watching Nikola Miritich just shooting three after three. And you know what? Some of them were going in, so that's the good news. <laughs> but, yeah, Preston, he's, he's, he's very important. As we know, the Pelicans seem to struggle when they don't play games with a lot of pace. And 
you know, then they have troubles, you know, finding their points. And when they don't get to 110 points, more times than not, they lose. So Rondo's very important. Ever since DeMarcus Cousins has gone down, seems like the only playmaker left on the team is Drew Holiday. And that's just simply too much on his shoulders. Uh, he can't be asked to do that the entire game and then also guard the opponent's best defender. So hopefully Rondo can return because otherwise I don't really feel too good about the Pelicans' chances. Oh, wow. Okay. That's precursor to what we're going to get to uh, later. I, I, I didn't know you were going to go with that direction. But before we do get to this matchup, uh, briefly tell us a bit about the Alexa Agensa announced surgery. Four to six months, I think, is his timetable now. What do you think the future holds with him, Ollie? Ooh, I don't know, isn't it? It's crazy that we saw him in training camp uh, practicing with the team. Then during that last week, he was shut down. Then a little bit later, we learned that he had a couple injections into his knees. And that was followed by some time on a shelf. And there was that surgery in, I think it was December or January. So you figured that he was on the mend, but then you hear this news. So did he have a setback? Nobody's revealed anything um, other than the fact that, yeah, it doesn't look good for the rest of his career, to be honest with you. It almost reminds you of the Quincy Pondexter incident where he started following up knee surgery after knee surgery before getting back on the court. Um, he's got one more year left on his contract. And you've got to expect that the Pelicans, just like they were before all these surgeries hit, I'm sure we're looking this to move him, trade him, because he simply doesn't fit on the roster. And he's just taking up a very precious uh, space on the salary cap sheet. So I think we've definitely seen him probably play his last days uh, or his last day here in the Pelicans uniform. Um, other than that, I just wish him well. Hopefully he heals quickly and he's able to get back out on the court, but I don't think it'll be for the Pelicans. Definitely. That's uh, the most important aspect of the story. We wish him the best going forward and also wish the Pelicans the best on their cap sheets. Uh, let's get to the most exciting uh, aspect of this matchup, I should say. The the win-loss uh, part of the story is the most important. But in terms of, uh, I don't know, celebrity or national storylines, it's LeBron versus Anthony Davis, two viable MVP candidates. You'd have to think they're both going to finish in the top five. And LeBron has had some interesting quotes in the past week. Uh, he claims that he was the MVP, and if he had a vote, he would vote for himself. Here's a direct quote. I've said it. Obviously, I've had some unbelievable seasons before. He said, very humbly, uh, but I've said it. This is the best I can go just from a complete basketball player standpoint. And before I hand this over to you, Carter, here are his numbers. 27.6, 8.6, 9.1 on 54.7% shooting, 36.5 from three on five threes per game. I don't know if that's a career high, but it, it's a lot of shots in terms of LeBron James launching from deep that I know of. He's 59.4% effective, 28.8 PER, and 12.9 win shares against James Harden, who is 30.7, 5.4, 8.7 on 44.8. 36.7 from three, 30 PER, 14.4 win shares. Carter, why is LeBron James being overlooked as the MVP this season? Because uh, he spent an entire month sandbagging his own team success because he was unhappy about the roster. <laughs> <laughs> would probably be my answer. I mean, also, he's being overlooked because James Harden's the MVP. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny, like, I do think it's a silly impulse to be like, what an idiot. This guy putting up 27, 9, and 8 thinks he's the MVP. Like, even if you're pretty sure James Harden is the MVP, like, you really can't hold that against the player for thinking that about himself when he's putting up those crazy numbers. But honestly, it's just the Cavs haven't had the team success. They're, they're probably not going to get 50 wins this year. Uh the Rockets are the best team in the league. James Harden's stats are better. 
Uh, LeBron has been actively harmful on the Cavs' defensive end of the ball all season. Uh, I think he's been more indifferent than ever on that end uh, with just a little bit of physical slippage on that end where he can't make up for his own mistakes as much as he used to. Uh, and, you know, I just don't think he's going to win it, you know? I don't don't play – don't have the January and February the Cavs had if you want to. Uh, if you want to win MVP, you can't let that happen. You can't uh, have the body language he had. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's not something I traditionally get very worked up over, but in this instance, he's just he's just not, you know? Like, I don't know what else to say about it. It's got to be Harden. Just a, a quick debate, Ollie. I was looking at the numbers. Obviously, Anthony Davis stacks up well against these guys. 28 28.3, 11.3, 2.3, 53.9, 34% from three, 55.9 effective, 29.1 PER, 12.5 win shares. Of course, he's also one of the league leaders in blocks right now. And uh, James Harden has has a lot of weapons around him, defensive and offensive, and Clint Capella, Chris Paul, Trevor Reza, P.J. Tucker, M- Luke Mute, sixth man of the year, Eric Gordon, whatever your opinion is on him. He's he's not carried to or he's not asked to carry much of a load defensively in the way that LeBron James is forced to play free safety and Anthony Davis is forced to rim protect. Do you think the most valuable player award needs to be renamed most valuable offensive player? Absolutely. And you got to add to the fact that you got to be on the best team in the league. That's where usually most most of the time the MVP comes from the team that finishes with the best record or in the top two or three. So, yeah, Preston, it, it's a, it's a, an award that is definitely biased towards certain uh, tendencies. And you're absolutely right. Offense is the biggest one. Um, James Harden has had a stellar year, no doubt. But you've just got to think that the game is played on two sides of the floor. And so he's been stellar on you know, for 50% of the time, what about the other 50%? So savvy followers of the game don't care for that too much. Um, it's just a traditional award that I feel like needs to be changed a little bit because let's face it, what does MVP really mean? You're right. When you look at the words, you would think it's honestly the most valuable player. And so what does that entail when a guy's out there, no matter what end of the floor, whatever he's doing? So I don't know. Um, I mean, I could stir up a nice debate here and just really argue about Anthony Davis to death. Uh, just look at what he does. You mentioned the blocking or the, the shots blocked at the rim and the rim protection, but he does so much more. If you look at his uh, like hustle statistics, these I feel like are one of the best when you're measuring defense. And I because let's face it, a basket's going to be either is or a shot attempt to either go in or it's going to miss. And so how do you like uh, push that number down? How do you dissuade a team from scoring points? And that, and that is by deflections. That's by hustling after balls, getting loose balls, taking charges. And you know what? Anthony Davis ranks right up there. Uh, he, he contests more shots pretty much than anybody else in the league um, and um, comes up with more deflections and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, there's a great case to be made that Anthony Davis should be right up there and even probably ahead of James Harden. And um, I, I can understand Carr's argument for LeBron James. I mean, he's really been sensational even though he's not given too much credit for his defense. The fact he does play that free safety, he, he plays like a guy who uh, is, is just in, like a quarterback on one end and then the safety on the other as to where it hardened. I mean, he takes – But he's not, he he's not the safety that you want in your backfield this season. <laughs> yeah, he has slowed down. But I guarantee you we're going to see that guy show up in the playoffs, huh? Sure. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, but, like, I don't know. I, I don't think 
there's any world in which LeBron James has been a noticeably better defender than James Harden this season. All right, there we, there we have. Yeah, I was, I was, looking, I was looking at some of his uh, statistics. He's he's got the best numbers as far as steals and blocks go since I want to say the 2012-13 season with the Miami Heat. But he has been beat on some of those pick and roll, some some play designs around him. He's been playing a lot of zone defense. Not that uh, lock up man that that uh, I watched him play against Derrick Rose, I want to say, in like the 2011 playoffs when he locked him up so effectively. Let's finally get to the game. The Cavaliers have so many storylines. Uh, just like the Pelicans have, have been a national media uh, Cinderella, I guess, all year long with all the stories they've had thrown around. And Cleveland might have just a couple more with uh, all the quotes we've been getting from LeBron James, shut up and dribble, all the trades, uh, just a lot of interesting stuff to talk about, but we're going to let it run off with us if we don't get to the game. So 45 and 30, just half a game ahead of the 76ers and the Pacers. You guys are currently slated in the three seed, but a loss tonight could bring you back to the middle of the pack and potentially not even hosting a first round series. You've won six of seven, including against the Raptors, 132 to 129. That, uh, That was a really exciting one. And then uh, the other wins, just against the Bulls, the Suns, the Nets, the Hornets, the Bucks. Uh, nothing really to write home about, but you guys are 25-11 and 11 in the Quicken Loans arena. Explain for me, Carter, why the Cavaliers are still the best team in the East right now. Uh, you know, I just think it all comes down to a fully engaged LeBron, right? It's not a very sexy answer, but uh, it's LeBron. LeBron is so much better than any other player in the East. Is like, and Giannis kind of comes close, maybe Embiid kind of comes close, but are you really ready to roll with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan just yet? Uh, it's just one of those things where you, I just feel like you have to wait and see it. And there's, you know, there's good cases to be made for why the Raptors are better and could win a playoff series. And I don't think anyone who thinks they could win are, are dumb or anything, but on my personal level, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to pick against them. Uh, until we see otherwise, uh, they've got it's a pretty LeBron focused team. They're built to, to litter the court with shooters while he just plays chess in the pick and roll. And teams haven't really figured out how to stop that yet. So, as long as they're healthy, and they might not ever get healthy, I mean, it's been a pretty brutal year for them in that capacity. Um, as long as they're healthy, I don't see, I, I don't see a uh, outcome where they don't win uh, the East, but you know, stranger things have happened. Ali, you tipped your hat uh, a little bit earlier in regards to this matchup, uh, but they won't have Kevin Love. The Cavaliers have not been the same team without him. With that being said, they do have a quick pace. They like to score. They like to shoot three-pointers. Did we just lose Ali? Yes, we did just lose Ollie, so we're with Carter. All right, so we're going to keep this with Col- uh, with Carter. Uh, I was just talking about the pace. The Cavs like to push it. They like to score. They're fifth in offensive rating at 112.7. Defensive rating, they're 29th at 112. Uh, so this one is probably going to be a high-scoring affair. One of the other storylines is that LeBron has scored double digits and now 866 straight games. I think that ties him with Michael Jordan. Ollie, are you back with us, sir? Yeah, I got dropped. I don't know what happened. Uh, hashtag energy, right? Uh, yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> uh, so, Ali, I was just saying that you tipped your hat a little bit in regards to this one. Uh, again, Kevin Love probably not playing, and that makes the Cavaliers a different team. With that being said, every game from here on out is a playoff atmosphere. The Cavs need this one. The Pelicans need this one. They're in Quicken's uh, Loans Arena, where the Cavs are very good this season, 25-11. and 11. Uh, 
if if the Pelicans can manage to win this one, uh, that that makes them one of the elite squads in in the National Basketball Association. You'd have to think being able to take down LeBron under these circumstances. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely, Preston. They've had some impressive wins um, since DeMarcus Cousins has gone down, but recently they've been losing some of these closer battles as we witnessed against the Portland Trailblazers. So they need to go ahead and win a couple of these because pretty much remaining on the schedule is a lot of playoff type of games. Outside of the Grizzlies and the Suns, I think everybody else Pelicans face has a win record. So they've got to start winning some of these uh, some of these you know better opponent type of uh, games. And tonight would be a good place to start because the Pelicans have lost the last three in Cleveland, and really the last two times their offense has really just not shown up where they've shot under forty percent both both of those losses. So that's why Rajon Ron is going to be such a key press, and that's why I feel like if he can go, I really you know almost give the Pelicans a nod. But if he doesn't, Wow, it's going to be hard to pick them. All right, and the Cavaliers are famous for being a big three-point shooting team this year. I think they're fifth in attempts, somewhere around third in makes at 36.9. They shoot very well from the field, and they use players like George Hill, Rodney Hood to do so. Tell us a bit uh, about some of your newer roster players, of course, that is included with Larry Nance Jr., who's been effective uh, guarding the rim, as well as Jordan Clarkson. And now J.R. Smith is coming off the bench. How are these guys looking with the Cavaliers there, Carter? Um, you know, it's kind of since it starts, and I think a big part of the lack of uh, consistency is because of all the roster um, upheaval. I mean, Rodney Hood's been dealing with a bad back. Larry Nance has been dealing with a bad hammy. Uh, George Hill was uh, going through a bit of a shooting slump at the start of the year. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's been one of the more consistent guys. Uh, it's kind of as an instant offense uh, off the bench, and you kind of – with Clarkson, you kind of know if he's got it right away, and if he doesn't got it, he ain't going to get it. Um, but when he's, when he's on, he's really quite an electric scorer. Uh, Hill, you know, has really done wonders for their point guard defense, uh, playing really, really, I mean, probably their best point guard defender in the last 10 years, which isn't saying much, but between Mo Williams and Kyrie Irving, he's quite the upgrade. Uh, starting to find his way, uh, he's probably the biggest beneficiary of Kevin Love's return. Uh, he is so much more comfortable as that tertiary or fourth creator in the offense. When he's kind of asked to attack an already stable defense, he has a hard time destabilizing it and uh, finishing at the rim. Uh, but when uh, he's kind of reacting to an already uh, an already shaken defense, he's really able to do some good stuff. Uh, Nance has been great, but it's been a little mediocre since he's come back from the ham cami injury. Uh, wondering if uh, wonder if he's not yet 100%. That hasn't been quite as explosive. Lunging a little bit more and fouling as opposed to moving his feet defensively. Wonder if he's still working his way back. And then Hood, Hood, you don't really know what you're getting. Um, I think he's had a hard time adjusting to the Cavs' more open, reaction, reactive offense. He's been his whole career with Quinn Snyder, a guy who runs a very, very to the T system where you have a set of prescribed motions and that's all you do. Uh, whereas uh, a Tyron Blue system, you freelance a little bit, you attack mismatches, things like that. So he's still kind of finding his way, but I, I do think he's, he will be able to down the line. But just as of now, it's just going to take a little bit. 
All right, I've got the three-point numbers in front of me now. 32.3 taken, that's fifth. 11.9 made, that's third. Uh, let's talk a bit about defense. Uh, obviously, we used to refer to George Hill as kind of like a, I don't know, a, a George Hill and Mike Conley, I should say, as a as a rich man's Drew Holiday. This year, the, the script has flipped on that, so to speak, with Drew Holiday having such a sensational year. With that being said, Ollie, it looks like he's going to have a difficult time uh, finding somebody to lock down on the Cavaliers roster, being that George Hill hasn't played particularly well. Rodney Hood is extremely shaky. The the one guy in the starting lineup who was bound to score a lot of points is LeBron James, and that's where the Pelicans have, have struggled this season to play a lot of good defense with Etwan Moore getting a lot of those minutes. Is is this going to be a matchup where we're going to see Solomon Hill start? Well, that's a great question. That's something that Alvin Gentry didn't really want to tip his cap to yesterday, but you're right. Out of everybody that's on the Pelicans roster, who is best equipped to handle LeBron? It's Solomon Hill because he's got the size. He's got kind of the length that you need to at least try and pose a, you know, kind of a little, I don't know, obstacle, I guess you want to call it to LeBron. Because I don't think LeBron's truly got any obstacles. He's been just putting up insane numbers this March. Um, what is he? He's like a 31-10-10, shooting great numbers. And as you mentioned, Preston, he's even now launching a three ball. So, I think anybody you throw out there is going to be at the whim of how this LeBron James does. He's either going to be on or he's going to be off. But that said, Alvin Gentry really made a point of it's just going to be a team effort. And he's absolutely right. One guy can't stop, you know, the king. So it's going to take everybody focusing in on him, giving help when necessary. But it'll be interesting to see who starts on him because right off the bat, either Drew Holiday or Etwan Moore, you know, they're going to be a significant disadvantage. So you roll with Solomon Hill, and then you've got maybe throw some Darius Miller on there, but you're obviously going to send a lot of help. I mean, that's that's going to be the key of the game, really. Yeah, they're going to need an increased workload from him for sure. Even if he does come off the bench, it'll have to be early. Just to take a look at some of his numbers that you were referring to, LeBron James is averaging a triple-double in the months of February and March. In February, 27, 11, and 11. In March, 31, 10 and 9.4 so for all the talk we've had about Anthony Davis LeBron James has been spectacular in the last two months it looks like he's playing his very best basketball right now and that's something that's just going to continue in this contest and I don't know that anybody's going to be able to slow him down uh we're just going to have to minimize everybody else let's talk briefly before we wrap this up uh there was some late breaking news Adrian Wojnarowski announced that Ty Lue was going to be in the arena today he didn't mention him being on the bench he just mentioned him observing of course later Larry Drew has been the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the immediacy. He was unbeaten until that loss against the Heat whenever Kevin Love was removed with that tooth injury. And the Pelicans, in kind of a feel-good story, have just signed Larry Drew the second, his son, to his second 10-day contract. Tell us a little about a little bit about Larry Drew and how he's been doing with Cleveland Carter. Well, uh, you know, uh, Larry Drew is kind of who he is at this point. I mean, he's kind of like the world's uh, interim coach. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to get a head his coaching job again, but you know, he's done an okay job uh, in the interim. Uh, one thing that I've been pretty disappointed with is he's just trotting out a different starting lineup every night. Uh, and to some extent, that's been health problems, but then there's just stuff that's just like happening willy nilly. Like they started Tristan Thompson in their last game for no real reason uh, when they had been starting Larry Nance prior to his hamstring injury. But they also have been starting Kevin Love. It's, they're, they're insisting on starting Jeff Green. It's just kind of confusing. You can't really tell how much of it's true and how much of that information being passed down by Lou. But it's been a little weird and shaky, and it makes it hard for them to find a rhythm. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to see Tyron Lou back in the, uh, in the coach's chair, but obviously it helps to be priority number one. 
Ali, do you think having Ty Lu on the bench could provide some kind of distraction where you've got the head coach just observing while the interim head coach is directing? Or do you think this is just going to be business as usual for the Cavs? I think it's going to be business as usual because the sun rotates around LeBron James and Cleveland, Preston. I thought you knew that, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, though, that that team, it's full of veterans. I know they've got some younger guys and stuff, but honestly, LeBron James sets the tone. Players set the tone in the league. Coaches can only, um, normally, they they just kind of provide, you know, some input from kind of the periphery, I want to say, because they're never in the center of, you know, of a team as to where, you know, it provides that momentum, that drive, uh, that focus. It, it all comes from the players individually, I feel like. And when you've got superstars, it gravitates to them even more so. So, no, Press, I don't think anything to do with what, what's going to happen on the sidelines and where a coach sits or, you know, whatever else may happen regarding that situation is going to have any kind of effect on this game. All right, I definitely have a rotation question for you, Ali. But before we do that, Carter, let's wrap up with you. Let's get your prediction. This is a must-win for both squads. It's going to be a heated one. It's probably going to come down to the final two minutes yet again, which we as Pelicans fans are very well used to at this point. What do you think transpires tonight? First off, Cavs don't have must-wins till June. Uh, (laughs) um, I think that uh, the Cavs are playing pretty well, but they've also – they're also famously kind of terrible at the end of tough schedule stretches, and this would be their third game in four nights. Uh, Kevin Love still probably won't play, even though he is questionable. Uh, I'll say uh, Pels win a strong 114 to 109. All right. We should call this one a really want win, because even if the Pelicans should manage to drop this one and win the next six, they'll be in perfect footing and possibly get a four or five seed out of it. But I'll say it's an important win because every game matters with just seven left to go. Ali, let's let's get over to you Um, before we get your prediction. uh, I, I had a couple of notes for Alvin Gentry against the Trailblazers in terms of what he chose to do rotation wise, just the minutes he allocated to Mecca Okafor, Czech Diallo, uh, Nikola Miritich. How do you think he he rotates those guys in this one? Obviously, every pretty much every player on the Cavaliers roster is going to get even a few minutes. Uh, typically, Larry Drew is playing up to 11 guys. And if they are in their third game in four nights, the, the entirety of their bench is going to get unloaded onto the floor, uh, you would think, against the Pelicans. Who do you think gets those minutes tonight for the Pelicans? And what do you think the final outcome will be? Okay, sure. I'll start with the final outcome. I think... Like I said, it all comes down to Rondo. So let's just say if Rondo does play, I think the Pelicans will hit right about the 120-point mark. And then you'll see the Cavaliers, you know, in the rear window at about 110. But if Rondo doesn't play, expect a game. I feel like the point total will be somewhere much closer, just right around 100, uh, 105 maybe, with a loss. So uh, as far as the rotations, yeah. I mean, what we've seen so far this year is what you got to expect. So with Emeka Okafor, for instance, he's going to hover right around that 20-minute mark. And since the uh, Cavaliers don't have this big bruising center that, you know, requires a lot of attention, I expect his minutes to fall just south of uh, 20. So he'll probably start the game and probably uh, start that third quarter. But other than that, you won't see much of him. And so it's going to come down to Miritich and uh, Diallo. And who's going to be playing better is really, I think, what it's going to entail. Miritich has been averaging more minutes on the road this year. I think he's around 31. But reason for that is because he's been playing a lot better on the road where his shot is going down. He's, he's ha- more, having more of a positive effect out there. Um, at home, he's really struggled. Uh, Press, I, don't, I don't think we need to tell our guys, our listeners, any more about it because it's, it's obvious. The guy can't make a three. He's shooting right around 20% mark for like the last 10 games. 
Uh, and his field goal percentage isn't much better. His shot selection is way off. His defense isn't as strong as it was when he started. So it's hard to give the guy minutes when he's honestly not contributing anything out there. And as for Sheik Diallo, he's had his moments and he's been wonderful. Uh, but I feel like he struggled a little. You know, I watched, rewatched some of those minutes in the fourth quarter where the Pelicans, you know, needed to do anything and everything to try and stem the, the tide, which was led by Damian Lillard. Um, but they weren't, you know, Diallo was not that, that guy. He was missing assignments. He was late getting to his man. And he wasn't helping on the rebounding uh, department. And that was by far our biggest downfall, giving the Trailblazers second chance points. So if Diallo can turn that around or Meritage can play strongly, then, yeah, they'll play a lot of minutes and they'll uh, be right there with Anthony Davis in terms of rotations. But if both of those guys struggle again, you've got to think Anthony Davis is going to play around 40 minutes because the Pelicans are going to treat this like a must win. Uh, as you've mentioned, there's so much riding on life. If they win and the Thunder lose tonight, they'll be in fourth. But if they lose and a few other teams win, then they're going to be in eighth. So there's a lot riding on the game. And LeBron James is top two in minutes played right now. You'd have to think that Anthony Davis is probably going to mirror his time in the court. So one or both of those guys are going to be right around 40 minutes for this one. All right, let's let's wrap this up here. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is the Bird Calls with Ali Cosell and Carter Rodriguez of Fear the Sword, the news editor. You can follow him at Carter underscore Shade. Of course, he is also the podcast host to Chase Down Cleveland. Carter, are you going to be live tweeting uh, during this one? And tell our listeners a bit about where they can find some of your material. Uh, you can find my writing at fearthesword.com. Uh, you can find our podcast at Chase Down Pod. Uh, please uh, subscribe uh, and give that, that podcast a listen. Uh, Justin and I have a great time. And uh, I'll probably be live tweeting a bit. I, I also have to work tonight. So uh, I'll be uh, tweeting through uh, putting together my, my show for my day job, so to speak. But it uh, should be fun. <laughs> Very nice. It's unfortunate that we all have to work actual real jobs. Ali, uh, tonight, you're probably going to be watching this one as well and live tweeting, I would have to assume. Uh, tell our listeners a bit about what you've got going on today. Yeah, no, that's going to be everything focused on the game because I've also got the recap duty. So, yeah, that's where all my focus is going to be today. I was hoping to get a couple more articles done because, you know, I've had an queue, but I've had other things come up. So it hasn't quite worked out yet for me in terms of getting them posted. You said duties. If you have a second, you guys, find us on iTunes and give us a quick rating. It only takes 30 seconds for you guys. But for us, it's the difference between, you know, doing this for free and making a couple of bucks for beer money. Right, Ollie? That's right, man. <laughs> I need it. It's been a stressful uh, month and a half. Yeah, it sure has. So take a second, you guys, and buy us a beer, won't you? Uh, hopefully I'm planning on coming to New Orleans once we, uh, fingers crossed, get to the playoffs and I'll attend a, a game with these knuckleheads, Kevin and Ollie. Uh, tonight I'll be covering the magic from the Amway Center and what is going to be a thrilling affair with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter if you want any updates on that. God rest your soul if you do. I'm your host, Preston Els. We'll talk to you guys soon. Let's go, Bells. You have been listening to The Bird Calls. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, do us one more favor. Go to iTunes, subscribe, and rate our podcast today. 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out, when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here, and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.